Gus Poyet has been informed today by Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club's internal disciplinary panel that his employment has been terminated with immediate effect. This followed his suspension, an investigation and a subsequent formal disciplinary process. In line with the club's own procedures and UK employment law, Mr Poyet now has a right of appeal. So just a couple of minutes left, Brighton have to hang on with ten men and here come Palace now. That's a nice pass into the area, need to get a shot away, there's the drive, oh it's crept in! Sensational 90th minute! Put Palace ahead for the first time in the game with seconds remaining, surely that's all three points for the visitors. That's right, we're still going to talk about Gus. Yep. Again. I always want to talk about Gus. So. Like generally, every day? Yeah. Do you, how often do you think you talk about Gus on a, let's say, on a weekly basis? Um, I'd say to myself. No, <laughs> to other people. No, not that often. And I think Rachel isn't that interested. Because in, otherwise yeah. it's sort of like lying so, in bed and just going, yeah. hey, look at this. He's just got a job in Chile. Uh, yeah, you just told me that. He's just got a job in Chile. Because <laughs> yeah. I asked you whether or not you thought Gus would actually make it back on to a match of the day. Mm. And you thought no. No. I, not for match of the day, maybe for, yeah, we're asking you who had the Copper America. Yeah. I think BBC have the, um, what's it called, the, the, the South American Champions League, Copper Libertadores. Yeah. BBC do have that, so you could be do on. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Well, just on the iPlayer. Yeah, yeah. It's so much is just on the iPlayer now. Yeah. Um, so how's your week been? Okay. Uh, got a cat. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've said that like you talked about it, but I know that from after, (laughs) behind the curtain. Yeah, so you adopted him last uh, Thursday. And uh, what's his name? Thomas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you realised how that sounds to other people? Yeah, but... um, He was called Thomas already, I'm assuming. Yes. Because otherwise it just sounds a little bit... Like uh, I'm named... Like but a my, billionaire. My, my, my name isn't Thomas, it's just Tom, so... Really? Yeah. So, oh. yeah, so it would be a arrogant and also a bit weird to name the cat after me, but not Quite. completely after me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tom. What's like Tom? <laughs> Thomas. Um, what's your middle name? So Hang I on, ha- did you have to think about that? Yeah. I'm saying a swig of tea, that's why. There's always a swig. <laughs> <laughs> I like this uh, from a Sports Direct mug. That keeps, I specifically got it. That keeps the tea really hot for ages. I specifically got my massive free mug out of the cupboard, just so that you could remember being in Newcastle. Yes, yeah. So I'm, I'm leaving my middle names a mystery to our listeners. So. Okay. <laughs> I value my privacy. So. You just don't want people to take you on for tax purposes. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Thomas has settled in well, has he? Yeah, like the other night when it was really stormy, it was a bit of an effort. But um... Yeah, I was annoyed about that storm. Yeah. Um, I, I've worked out recently that I'm as I'm getting older, mm-hmm. I'm becoming more and more intolerant to wind and cold. Yeah, I find wind really annoying. Yes, really, yeah. really irritating. And it's only it only feels like something that you'd maybe realise in your 30s when it's stuff like... Oh, the bins are going to be on the floor. Mm, and mine was, and it, it really annoyed me. Really? Yeah. I can tell you now, Stuart next door, we talked about Stuart before, yeah. he really wasn't pleased. No. And uh, <laughs> I saw him chasing down the road after a little bit of, like, I don't know, some sort of wrapper. Yeah. But he really went for it all the way down. Really? Mm-hmm. That's quite a good effort. Yeah. And then another guy, a couple of tours, doors down, can't remember if he's spoken about him, but he's called Brian. Um, he's he's really miserable. Mm. I'm, I'm certain he's not going to be listening to this pod, so I feel okay <laughs> about saying that. Uh, yeah, he popped his his head over the fence the other day to have a go at my fiance for sanding in the garden. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, wait, how many doors down is this? Two. Mm. Yeah, two doors down. That's a bit. Yeah. What like what time of day? Um, I think it was ten to eleven. Yeah, he's got no. Yeah. A.M. Presumably. A.M. Yeah. 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 He's got no rights for that at all. Well, I mean, be as loud as you want. Yeah. Well, it was followed up the next day by an anonymous letter, <sighs> threatening Mel. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. and it started with... I wasn't even going to talk about this, but we're in yeah. now. Um, it started with, do you realise what a nice neighbourhood this used to be living oh, wow. <laughs> until you moved in? <laughs> <laughs> and then it went on to say, uh, do you know how disgusting it is to smell paint from your house every oh, single day? Wow. Now, my fiance would say, if she was here, she would... she'd. Say, well, it doesn't even smell, it's chalk based. Now, to most of our listeners, I'm sure they're not really worried about <laughs> yeah. what type of paint, but I'm telling you, you definitely cannot smell paint. Are you smelling paint currently? No. No. She no. paints in a garage as well, so I don't know how this person is smelling paint from, uh, um, yeah. from far away. And then just at the end, so that's kind of the threatening bit, and then it said, <laughs> and also. <laughs> Could you tell your husband, I'm not, so already got it wrong, yeah. uh, that if that's what he calls singing, uh. <laughs> it sounds like a drowned cat. It's so nasal. Now, again, I'm not a nasal singer, <laughs> but I am a professional singer. So I, I did have to, you know, note that down. Yeah. Essentially... Uh, our trip advisor rating's pretty low. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I wasn't even going to talk to you about that, and I can't remember how we got onto there. But storms, I, I've got more and more intolerant to the cold. Yeah. See, you're wearing your summer outfit again Yeah, well, today. I am, but I've also got a jumper and a woolly hat. So You've got the woolly... Yeah, okay. So I'm kind of in between. See, I, I still had to put the big coat, the Arsene Wenger big coat on today. Mm. And it's not that cold. No. It's just a little bit windy. Yeah, but irritating. Have you had the heating on? I've had the heating on. We have had the heating on. Yeah, and again... In May. I do, yeah, I, I, it's again, it's quite 30-something to be thinking, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. We should yeah. be. Last night, we uh, said, shall I, shall I pop the heating on? And, and Mel said, oh, yeah, you could do. You'd pop it on for an hour. And then I thought, well, we'll bring our average up mm. on the bill. So it was it was blankets all round. Yeah. Um, and we actually have started. I, I realise how late this is. Watching Line of Duty this week. Yeah, I've um I've never watched it. Oh, I yeah. thought I was coming to you for. Yeah, I, re- I really need to. I've just never. I haven't got around to it really. Yeah, I I, I Any uh, good? well I really enjoyed it. Was, um, we watched the first season in the last two days. Yeah. And uh, it's quite gruesome. Is it? Well, I think, yeah. It, well, it depends what you rate as quite gruesome. Mm. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. So um, I'm sure this is actually quite irrelevant. Most most people have watched it. Yeah. Uh, so email in and tell us if we should carry on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or I should start. <laughs> and on that, uh, we actually have one. We've got an so, email. We've got an email. <laughs> Let's. Uh, here's the fanfare. <laughs> so, an email. Mm-hmm. You sent it to me. You screenshotted it and yeah. sent it over. Yeah. I think it should be you should deliver the, the email to the nation. All right. So uh, this is from uh, Rob of Forest Gate. Where's Forest Gate? Uh, somewhere in London, East London. Okay. I believe. Um, okay, we've got. Hello guys, loving the pod. That's a good good start. start, Good start, yeah, good start. Um, I initially meant to offer up a minor correction because I know Tom is a stickler for accuracy and loves a good fact. That's true. Um, But realise I'm instead just telling you about three semi-relevant experiences of the With Dean slash Poet era, Soz. Good start, he's butted me up there with my love of facts. I do love facts. Yeah. Yeah. And stats. My my interpretation of facts, at least. <laughs> anyway, number one. I can confirm that there was no pitch invasion after the Huddersfield game, uh, probably as we lost. Uh, just good humour from both sets of fans on the train back and lots of very merry men singing an endless rendition of Peter Ward in the Station Hotel pub for what seemed like hours afterwards. And that's a... Uh, I don't know what kind of emoji you call that, kind of party emoji. Nice, yeah. yeah. Um, on number two, on with Dean delicacies, 
if you're lucky enough to live it up in the hospitality, that's in uh, inverted commas, porter cabins, uh, brackets, as I was once where I witnessed the unveiling of a new signing, a certain Mr. Leon Knight. Wow. Yep. You could look forward to a special treat of a microwave curry before the game. (laughs) That's in the hospitality (laughs) section. (laughs) That is incredible, I must say. Um, Number three. uh, I was also at Poirier's infamous last game in charge. It was horrible, brackets, all of it. And I haven't been to a derby since. Can't wait to hear you learn about it, Joel. Then we've got poo emoji and a gate emoji. Now, shall I pretend to not know? Oh, I wonder what that is. We'll see. Love, Rob of Forest Gate. Thank you, Rob, for getting in touch. That's uh, that's great. Made my week. Yeah, and it only took you two minutes of your time, probably. So, you know, get in touch with us. Show at albionbeanandgone.com. And we'd love to hear, yeah, some more... More facts. More tales. um, Yeah, tales. Just anything. Anything. Doesn't even have to be true. No. Make it up if you want. (laughs) Um, I do. Well... (laughs) So we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, the Amex, really, yep. aren't we? Yeah. Um, and I thought then it, it would be good to start with a general discussion of your favourite stadiums. Okay. But yeah, I've seen your faces lit <laughs> up at that. <laughs> now, I I've known Tom now for I don't know five six years, yeah, and like over that, that time. I have been involved in so many sudden, essentially like you're parachuted into a WhatsApp quiz yeah. with pictures of stadiums. Yeah. And it'd just be like, quiz of the day, where's this? <laughs> I, love, so, I do love that So one. I just thought that you that you should have some airtime to share with the world yeah. your favourite stadiums, why, what you look for from a stadium. Kind of like you are on a dating site, but for stadiums. Mm, yeah. Um, just ones I've been to, or no? Uh, well, we'll do ones you've been to, and mm. then we can have your dream lineup. Mm, okay. Um, so I love Villa Park. Yeah, it's <laughs> good one to start. I think I, I think I generally like. Uh, I do love the older ones. Yes. Yeah. Um, Turnstiles where you you just have to turn sideways to yeah, get through, and they're really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they have to have a bit of a lick of paint. Like I, so I've been to Elland Road and that's quite shabby. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, so even though it's like a, it very much fits the remit of being a big old ground. Yes. Um, wasn't really for me. And it's in the middle of nowhere as well. It's quite a weird location. Yeah. Well, often stadiums kind of do have to be a little bit off the beaten track, well, don't they? Apart from another one of my yeah. favourites, which is St James's I'm Park, which setting is setting you up for that. Yeah, which is smack bang in the middle of Newcastle. Now I've not obviously I've not obviously, but I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Um, is that quite odd? So it is because it's like slightly on a hill as well. So okay. it literally, you can pretty much see it from like most of the city. A little bit like uh, I can't remember what the statue is actually called, but Jesus in Rio. Yeah. Uh, Christ the Redeemer. There we go. That's it. Um, yeah, and that uh, it's slightly. I, I love that it's completely lopsided, and half of it is absolutely colossal, and the other half is kind of normal size. Right. That's one of my favourite bits. The away end is is in the top tier, so you have to basically go on like a massive hike. Up yeah. To it. Um, that's another one of my faves. Luton Town. <laughs> right, okay. What do you like about Luton Town? Um, it's, well, it's it's not... It wouldn't be high up most people's list. No. Uh, but my favourite bit of it is it's completely... Have we talked about this before, Luton Town? We, uh, what, on the pod? Yeah. I'm not sure. Let's go again, okay. just in case. So it's completely hemmed in by, like, terrace houses. Um, and the away end is in... A house, essentially. Yes, we have talked about that, yeah. and it's brilliant. Yeah, so you've got the the entrance is in essentially the ground floor, 
and there's a flat above it and as you go up kind of through it you can look back in like a little bit like looking into someone's front room Stuart's room yeah um and it's it's the as a six foot three man i cannot sit down in it the seats are too okay not like close to each other so um yeah that's one of my faves so uh ones i haven't been to okay uh oh what's like the look of i I, I really want to go to dortmund that's definitely one of them that's up there um, Marseille, and that looks pretty cool because they can they can put on like some sort of mental roof on top of it or on the existing stadium. And did, when did they do that? I think it was for the Euro, the 2016. Was it 2016 Euro? It was 2016, yeah. yeah. Um, Croke Park, one of my favorite, not a football stadium in Dublin. No. In fact, I think didn't that make it into. I think you actually put that in a list of like these are the best ones there are mm. in a WhatsApp. Possibly. I think it followed after a quiz you sent us where we had to identify which uh, stadiums were the closest together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, is, is, is the question of uh, the only grounds where you could hear a goal being scored from each other? Yeah. And one of them. I really love the fact that Dundee and Dundee United yes. just back onto each other. Pretty much, yeah. You'd be really pissed off if you lived in Dundee and you weren't into, Went into football. football. And yeah, you kind of lived in that area of <laughs> two football grounds, yeah. And it's fairly similar with Notts County and Notts Forest. Yeah, so they're, they're either side of the river Trent. Trent. Yes, of course it is, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much back both backing onto the river and did we talk and the cricket grounds there as well uh fulham and chelsea is that yeah, similar yeah yeah they're pretty near i think they're the only th- oh liverpool and everton oh yeah they're, yes they're pretty near each other as well i think they're the four yeah well i i, I went to liverpool a couple of years ago um and walked between the two and it's, mm. it is really close everton i much preferred everton because they are again they're just in like a housing estate mm. And um, I don't know, maybe the romantic in me could. I, I imagined those the the Evertonians growing up and yeah. just kind of leaving the house. Stadiums there, yeah. And you probably by default would have to be a blue as opposed to a red there, surely. Yeah, I, see, I, having been a Brighton fan and there only being one club in the city, mm. I. How do you choose if if you've got two teams and it's like Liverpool, Everton, both you know top level teams? Obviously, Liverpool are mm. more successful, but Everton is still a you know very large successful club. Um, you know, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, how how do you choose between them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It must be. Un- it's, it's got to go through family, family isn't it? yeah. So, I mean, with Rangers and Celtic, there's a clear divide on you know. Religion. You, you are one or the other. Yeah. Um, whereas actually most times, it's, yeah, it must just be family, mustn't it? There, I think I think there is more uh, religious aspects to a lot of them than maybe, maybe we don't know. Yeah. I've definitely heard that Man United and Man City are a similar thing. Yeah, well, I think Man United are largely... Um, yeah, so it's Irish immigrants yeah. in Manchester were made up a lot of their fan base. Um, and yeah, because um, Manchester United and Celtic have a strange connection, mm, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, we'll come back to that yeah. on, a, on a religious episode another time. <laughs> so um, let's get into it after this break. Very good. So we are going to talk about uh, the unveiling of the Amex because yep. that's kind of where the story, st- uh, well, continues. Yeah. Wasn't say starts, um, and we were just talking about Brighton being the only local team, so mm-hmm. you automatically supported that. But it's not quite true, is it? Um, in that the first game of the Amex was the Sussex Senior Cup final. Yep. Between Brighton. 
and Eastbourne Borough. Yep. Now, I have specifically left out Brighton Reserves because it sounds better. Um, tell us, for, for those that perhaps don't know, what is the Sussex Senior Cup? Oh, it's essentially the FA Cup of Sussex. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just all all of the all the teams in Sussex. Mm. Um, so yeah, Brighton enter it as Brighton's. I think they it's it might be the as the under twenty threes or whatever the reserves are called now. Um, yeah, so all all, all the all the non league teams. Yeah, you got your Eastbourne Borough, Worthing, all that lot. Yeah, Bognor Regis. Um. It was founded in 1882. Yeah, yeah. It's a long, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, 50 teams enter currently. Okay. That's a, that is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that does seem like... So does it go a... as far out as, as Hastings United? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. in it yeah. all the way through to... What, Chichester. Uh, Chichester further. Chichester City. No, that's Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do you know who the current holders are? Um, no. I just thought it would be automatic. It would always be Brighton. No, they actually quite rarely win it, actually. Wow. Okay, well, um, the current holders are Bognor Regis. Okay. Wick. Wow, Wick did quite well in 1992. Oh. Yeah. For um, our listeners who don't know kind of the little hampton geography do you want to explain what wick is oh. without insulting anyone <laughs> wick is uh it's i suppose a borough of little hampton yeah. where um in the 80s the government just started placing oh how do i word this difficult mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. uh all in this area yeah and, um, well, it had a quite an extremely high crime rate, yeah. and for for a long time, was the highest crime rate in the country outside of London. Cool, um, and had the highest teenage pregnancy rate in the whole country. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's got a bit of a reputation. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it, you know, it's all right. Well, when when we were kind of uh, looking at houses around here, obviously a lot of the houses in our price range were in Wick or on the kind of outskirts of it. Obviously, estate agents do anything they can to avoid calling it Wick. So, yeah. <laughs> um, North Littlehampton, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, got a lot of Lyminster. That was a common one. Oh yes. Um, but yeah, it's, Which, and actually quite a lot of it did seem absolutely fine. Like a lot of the stuff north of Morrison's seemed all right. Yeah, that yeah, that's Limonster, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, I Is it Limonster rather than Limonster? Well, it's, it's up to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I lived in Wick for a bit and, um, you know, Morrison's was close. Yeah. So was Marijuana. <laughs> I'll never ever forget his words when he scored that goal. He said, it's me, it's me, as he ran off. <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny because he'd been going on all week about how he was going to save the club and things like this and he was going to save us from relegation and, and I'm glad he did. So the first game at the Amex was the Sussex so Senior, Senior Club. Cup, yeah. <laughs> Roundabout way of getting on. But yeah. um, so from the previous, so it must have been the 2010-2011 season. Yeah. Um, so Brian got to the final there against Eastbourne Borough. What a way to kick off the mm. new development! Yep. So I've, they have all these um, with it with all new stadiums. You have like what are called ramp up events. So you kind of test soft it. launches. Yes, with um, in, increased capacity each time. So obviously they went for that. With I think there was maybe only about ten thousand something like that. Um. Yeah, so Brighton, I think, is actually labelled as Brighton's development squad at that at that point okay. in time against Eastbourne Borough. Um, but 
they had given Gary Hart, who they knew they were they were releasing at the end of that season, actually he actually went to Eastbourne Borough. Um, they gave him a start as a kind of like parting gift. Which he scored the he only scored goal. The only goal. He scored, so he scored the first goal at the Amex. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the last goal at Brighton. Yeah. That's quite. A, that could potentially be a quiz question. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. I can't quite remember who the other who else would have been in the Brighton team at that point. I think they would have had uh, Steve Cook, who's now Bournemouth's captain. He oh, probably yes. would have been playing in that game. Um, I, I can't think who else would have made the step up. Um, yeah, Solly March might have been around the team at that time. I can't quite remember. But um, yeah, it's one one nil to Brighton, and uh, that was, that's how the Amex Sussex opened. Sussex Senior Cup champions. Yeah. Yep. Why aren't they using the Senior Cup as a way to uh, do the coronavirus testing? They could do, couldn't that they? Would have been great. Yeah. So, and the the final is out the Amex now every year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they could. I don't even know if they've been doing it this season because obviously quite a lot of non-league football's been cancelled. So. Yeah. Yeah. On our way back though. Yeah. Okay, so in the summer, Glenn Murray. Yeah. Made the decision to head to Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. No one knows why. So I, I think there's been so many conflicting stories about it. So if you're looking at it from a very black and white perspective, he he was out of contract in that season. He was offered he was offered a contract, uh, and decided that there were better contract offers elsewhere, which meant he could still live in Brighton and commute. Yes. Um. And he decided to take that offer. That's a very black and white perspective. If you're looking at it a bit more technicolour, then um, he was probably not offered a contract that reflected his status okay. as being the top scorer of the previous season, um, which probably hinted that Gus Poy didn't rate him that highly given that we'd also that summer brought in people like Craig McHale Smith and Vicente yep so on pretty decent amounts of money so it wasn't a money issue it wasn't like we couldn't afford to pay him more it's that he was clearly not the wages didn't reflect Mm. what he felt his status would have been so he uh yeah, he stayed in Brighton. Yep. I actually remember um, seeing him at a petrol station whilst coming on my way to play football for St. Peter's in Brighton. All right, okay. And uh, yeah, he got out, filled his car up, got shouted at by about four cars, <laughs> quickly got in his car and drove away. Yeah. I I um, I don't blame Murray at all. I mean, and they he he's from the northwest of England. He hasn't, you know, and they no interest in the rivalry between Brighton and Crystal Palace. No, um, it, it's not. I think if it had been like Lewis Dunk, it would have been very different. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he wasn't offered a, a contract reflecting what he felt he should, and another club that played nearby did so. It's a bit of a no-brainer, really. Plus the M23. Yeah. It's, it's quick. Yeah. Might love... Might, maybe he likes time on the road. <laughs> Brighton start quite well. Yep. By all accounts. Yep. First actual home defeat comes against Palace. Yep. Uh, Glenmore scored, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 3-1. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brighton were ahead for yeah. a long period of that. I think, I think it was until about the 80th minute, actually. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but what I will say is Palace were a better team in that game. And you you kind of suspect that the championship was perhaps a little bit uh, too ahead for Brighton, as in Poyet got sussed out quite quickly. Mm, yeah, I think the championship, and I'm not quite sure it's the case anymore, but definitely at the time, it's got to be, you know 10 years ago, um, there's a lot of old school 
British managers in the championship yeah. who are very good at organising teams, um, playing a, a type of football that isn't necessarily pretty, but gets results, mm. as as Brighton saw several years later with Chris Hewton. Um, the most most teams definitely around that time that got promoted is very rare rare that a foreign manager got promoted from the championship and it, it so happened to be the time that big sam allardyce mm, the west ham yeah. yeah one of the only times he's been in the championship actually mm, yeah i mean they they had a horrible team <laughs> they and i don't think west ham fans enjoyed it at all they they spent a fair bit of money and they just had a team of just giants, and they they were horrible to watch. Um, but they, yeah, they came to Brighton, and things were two one win, or maybe one. No, I think maybe one nil, with Brighton having dominated possession. Um, and yeah, Poy had a little, had a little tantrum about it, but in the, the day, it was a a win for West Ham. So I will just intercept here, just in case you hear the. Uh... The sounds of a toddler. Uh, he's home from school. Cool. So we will uh, we'll, we'll plough on. <laughs> but he may he may well join us for a conversation. He was a big Gus fan. <laughs> um, yeah, something that West Brom can look forward to next season. Then. Yeah, I personally cannot wait to see Allardyce's stupid face when West Brom get relegated. Personally. Which will probably happen next weekend yeah, at time of recording. I was going to add a few expletives in there, but it's a family show, so um, it, no, it's not, is it? So, <laughs> but no. I, I, I really am looking forward to that. Watch this space. Mm. He did talk about magic dust the other day. Yeah, but I, I think. But he also it. talked about uh, his careers advisor. Did you hear about that? No. He he said. What, as in, he hasn't got one now. Do you mean no, at school? <laughs> at school, he told his careers advisor that he wanted to be in football. Yeah. They told him that he was mental, mm. and he chose this week to talk about that, having been it's in the game for yeah. many many years. Um, so Brighton obviously stay up. Yeah, I mean, we do all right. I mean, we there was a point uh, where it's looking like playoffs were a possibility. Um, basically, when Vicente had a run of games in the second half of the season, uh, where he was fit, very kind of very rare period, um, and we were playing really well, and we were kind of in touch of the playoffs at one point, and then just kind of didn't, didn't quite happen. That was, that was after a, an undefeated mid-season January yeah, February. Yeah, um, there there was a player actually. I, I left off the notes. Um, we got two players on loan from Man City in that period, one of which um, was a player called uh, Guy Asulin, who was a... He'd started off at um, Barcelona's youth system and was at one point touted as the Israeli Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he... <laughs> He 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 started off at Barcelona. Didn't, didn't he got quite a bit of injury? I think didn't quite make it there, and went to Man City again. Didn't quite. It didn't really happen for him. But um, yeah, he had a brief loan spell at Brighton, um, and then they we had another player on loan from his from his Ivory Coast defensive midfielder called Abdul Razak, who had one of the best individual performances. I've probably ever seen in a game is one game I think it was against Ipswich he absolutely ran the game and then nothing else after that he was absolutely rubbish for every other game and he ends up um, cutting his loan spell short and some may call him the Ivory Coast Owen Hargreaves (laughs) (laughs) Um, who would be the I don't know the Liechtenstein's Messi We've got one of them. You don't know any Liechtenstein players, do you? No, no. Um, Okay. So, uh, you stay up 10th. Yeah. It's a great showing, I'd say. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. To come up from League One. Um, But need to build on that. So, Mm. in the transfer window, the summer transfer window, a little bit 
spend heavy. Yeah, they go for it a bit. <laughs> um, bring in Thomas Kushak. Yep. Uh, Bruno. Yep. But just to keep Vicente company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we talked about that. If you if you want a bit more Vicente, mm. head back to the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, it's episode two, isn't it? Spaniards. Yes, yeah. was hairstyles yeah. first? No, Spaniards oh. was first, wasn't it? Can't remember now. It's but it's yeah. back in the series. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of Vicente content. So yes, yeah. um, and then we've got uh, housewife's favourite Wayne Bridge. Yep, who's signed on a, on a depends on the housewife really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, John Terry's housewife's favourite, <laughs> um, Andrew Croft signed from Norwich. Yep. Uh, Orlandi, yeah, uh, who who never got back to us after starting yeah. a message. Orlandi, where are you, mate? Yeah, you just said, "Hey, how are you doing, boys?" <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Perhaps you wanted us to promote it on uh, mm. Emperor Records. Mm, yeah, um, Stephen Dobby, mm. and um, one of my followees, Dean Hammond. Yeah, so the Dean Hammond one was quite. Uh, it's quite funny actually because they so, um, Andy Naylor who was for a long time the chief sports writer for the Argus um, it's obviously a lot of his a lot of his stuff is Albion related he had uh, heavily teased the uh, incoming arrival of a of a Brighton legend with all Brighton fans immediately going oh, Bobby Zamora is resigning this is incredible Bobby Zamora is coming back <laughs> and then <laughs> I think he's on transfer deadline day, and then you had the thing like come up with like, Brighton have re-signed Dean Hammond. Well, <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't that was that wasn't it. You had a uh, Spanish Dave, yep. signed as well. Yeah. So all in all, it was a squad overhaul. Mm. So the season starts really well. Mm-hmm. You've got a big new squad. Yeah. And looking in and around the playoffs for yep. most of that season. Mm-hmm. Um, brought in Matthew Upson. Yeah. Wow, that that's actually a big signing, really, isn't it? He was really good. Yeah. They um. So I think they were that one weak weakness was possibly the because uh, Gordon Greer was fairly good, and then they couldn't quite get an established partner for him. Um, Lewis Dunk wasn't quite at that level yet. He had a few other things going on in his life, uh, which we went don't need to go into, but. Uh, yes, the boy Matthew Upson, who was excellent, really. They had Upson and Bridge next to each other there. Wow. Yeah. England. Yeah. Fabio Capello's England, yeah, exactly, that was. Yeah. Um, and actually, would he then, just a side note, have been the only Brighton player to have scored at a World Cup? Um, possibly, yes, maybe. One to look into. Yeah. Um, and... Leonardo Ajoa yes. was signed as well. So he was finally the, the Glenn Murray replacement long term after yeah. Murray had <laughs> left. But he, he was that replacement, really. So um, it was looking good on the pitch. Mm-hmm. But then it was kind of starting to unravel behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Paul, Bar- Paul Barber. Yeah. Is is brought in to kind of keep Gus and Tony Bloom apart. Yeah, I think um, so. I, I think what Poyet wanted was a bit of a kind of he wanted a lot of control over the club in terms of signings and the um, the general culture of the club. That's what he wanted, and with that meant that he was spending quite a lot of money on players because <laughs> he had because I think he he was very good at signing players. He he's very good at signing you know quite high high profile high quality players, um. But with that comes quite a lot of expenditure, and the the financial fair play thing was coming in. I think that's that following summer, so they had they had to rein back on the spending, mm. um. And so they brought Barbara in, who's a very experienced chief exec, um, as a kind of middleman, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he and nowadays he's fairly popular with Brighton fans, and he does obviously does quite a lot 
on in the media he's yeah, the main he's, spokesman. He is the really. only spokesperson yeah. really. Yeah, he does quite a lot of talk sport, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. And and often on the BBC. Yeah. I often listen to Paul Barber while I'm showering. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway. Uh yeah, so he he was brought in and that that relationship didn't really click. No, uh well that you know partly down to the fact that Gus's services were wanted elsewhere. Mm. Um and he was refused to talk to to Reading. Yeah. I don't remember Reading coming in for Gus at all. No, so it was when uh it was the season that Reading got relegated from the Premier mm. League. I'm, I guess so the last time. So it would so. have been uh Brian McDermott had been sacked. Yeah. They would have come in perhaps for Gus and then settled for Nigel Adkins. Mm, yeah. <laughs> aforementioned Nigel Adkins. <laughs> um so but despite all of it things aren't looking great. You know, mm. it's a bit fractious. Like, you know, some of the best relationships. Yeah. Brighton still finishing the playoffs. Yeah. Still finish fourth. Yeah. And sets up a, a playoff clash mm. with Crystal Palace. Mm. Let's talk about that. Yeah. After this break. Uh, we all Sussex Bad We all going up win the cup with Sussex by the sea. So, playoffs. Yeah. Your favourite time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly not your favourite with it being Palace, or were you? Would you have been excited? Mm, I. No, I wasn't looking forward to this at all, actually. I think Brighton were the form team going into the playoffs, really. And I think the winner of the playoffs was going to be the winner of the Brighton Palace game. Yeah. I think they beat um, Palace beat Watford, I think, in the final. Um, But I think both teams were were the strongest two teams in it, really. Yeah. where the Palace would have finished fifth then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so often is the way that with the playoffs that the team finishes sixth, usually goes on and yeah and wins it. Yeah. Um, so I remember this quite well mm-hmm. because I was doing some PA work at the time yeah. um, for a young lad with additional needs mm-hmm. who was had got into football. He wasn't at all into football the year before, but he'd suddenly got into football and basically was allocated extra hours to have a carer come and watch football with him. Cool. And I was that person. Yeah. But the what I remember so well about this particular match was that during whatever game you were watching, he would sit there and watch and then just say to you, there's nothing better than... And whatever he was eating combined with whatever match it was. So, for example, he would be like, there is absolutely nothing better than having a glass of hooch watching (laughs) West Ham on the telly. (laughs) And I remember it so well for being being in the pub and him saying, there is nothing better than having a cheese and chicken burger Mm-hmm. With Brighton on the telly. Cool. <laughs> he he actually didn't really have a team. It yeah, was just, just you know, football, whatever yeah. was on. Yeah. Um and so I remember it for this. Yeah. It's one of my most vivid football memories purely because I knew the catchphrase was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um and so going into that game, I think it was uh I think the general consensus would have been it'll be tense, but Brighton will come through. Brighton were the favourites, definitely, um, especially uh, in the first leg, Glenn Murray got injured. Mm, yeah, um, which was quite drab from what I remember, the nil-nil. Nil-nil, uh, yeah, and I actually think um, Brighton probably had the best chance. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it was just a very tense game. Um, yeah, it, I can't actually remember much about it, actually. No, really. I remember that it was a Friday. Mm. But again, I remember that because of uh, being on the job, as yeah. it were, uh, which took us around to a Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. night at the Amex. Yeah. And it's fair to say everyone was uh, pretty confident, weren't they? Well, especially as, you know, I, I think 
having drawn at Selhurst um, and Palace not having Murray um, and they still had um, uh, people like Yannick Bellassi and the, the front three of Bellassi, Zaha and Murray was there. That was their strength, really, and they had, they had some quite um, good defensive players as well. Um, so even though we'd kind of got a fair bit of the job done in the first leg, there's always still a bit more mm-hmm. um, they need to do. And unfortunately, various circumstances really just meant that it didn't really turn up, really. But... Brighton as a whole mm. maybe turned up too much. So ahead of the game, uh, the club kind of went down the line of gimmicks mm. to kind of rally the troops, yes. shall we say. So every club does this. I remember wearing a terrible Come On You Are's white T-shirt yeah. at a Reading semi-final yeah. FA Cup. Um, I hate it so Yes. Much. So, yeah... <laughs> You had a, an opera singer yeah. in for yeah. the gig, yeah. singing good old Sussex by the sea. I think it was Should that. have gone that guy in, didn't they? This, you know, <laughs> the little boy. Um, the wavy, wavy yeah, men. What are they called? The like, things you see in, I don't think you really get them here, but in America. America. Yeah, they're big, inflatable, really tall, with the wavy arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, watching Tom do that was brilliant. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know what... I don't know. Wavy hand men. Yeah. Um, often at like tyre shops, mm. aren't they? Yeah. Um, and hand clackers. Yeah. Also, you don't look like your face. Your face is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> uh, hand clackers. I, I, uh, I've just got a bit of a thing about organised fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm just not a very fun person, generally. Strike you off the wedding list, then. (laughs) Um, And then there was obviously an infamous... uh, Incident. Incident. Yeah. Which was misreported at the time. Oh, I think it was misreported by everyone. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, I mean, there was a poo on the floor. Yeah. Um, Everyone knows that. I mean, it's very, it's probably the most famous thing that's ever happened at a Brighton <laughs> Palace game. Probably, yeah. um, and and uh, see, I I heard that it was Gus. <laughs> that, that, I I wouldn't. I, the thing is, that wouldn't surprise me if he if he'd done that. But it wasn't. It was the Palace coach driver basically had an accident. Yeah, ahead of the so ahead of the Palace players being in the. Yeah, he must have just sprinted off the coach and just exploded everywhere. Oh, incredible. Yeah. But and oh, but most importantly, Ian Ian Holloway was the Palace manager, um, which used, is fantastic news. Yeah, he used that as a motivation thing, like cause he he didn't tell them that it was the coach driver. Right, mate, yeah. boys, <laughs> there has been a shit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a Bristol accent quite well when I'm not being recorded. <laughs> Go and give it to him. Um, and my only question for that is, why didn't the guy just clean it up? You, you, it's a good question. You know, if I come round your house, but if, so I. Uh, not that long ago, I was in. Uh, I thought you say I've had. <laughs> I was on Littlehampton Seafront, and uh, by Harbour Park, there's a, there's public toilets. Yeah. And I was I walked in there, and I could just smell this out, like revolting stench, and I got in one of the cubicles, was just covered in poo, like it was everywhere. So yeah. I, th- I think it gets to the point. It, there's, you can clean up a bit. But I'm not doing the whole thing. Because, <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's only... If you're in a rush, it's and it's going to take about 15 minutes without proper cleaning products, so... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you need a poo, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you've got your anti-back with yep. you. Okay. 
so you know it's two nil loss. Yeah, and it was I think me- memory. I imagine very few Brighton fans have watched the match back, but as I remember it, it was actually a very even game um, between two good teams, and Brighton did have a couple of really good chances. Uh, it was just a couple of individual moments from Zaha, really, yeah. uh, which is quite often the difference between Brighton and Palace, annoyingly. that um, he, he does usually find another level for Brighton, which mm. is very frustrating. Mm. Um, and after the game, uh, Poyet gave a, a strange mm. uh, press conference yeah. in which he pretty much says... Unless you give me more money, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, is is yeah, as many yeah, words yeah, saying yeah. that gl- glass ceiling, that all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and he got suspended. Yeah, that's quite drastic, isn't it? It's quite a drastic move. Yeah, I, I, my take on it is there must it couldn't have just been from that because um, Maurizio Tarico, who's his assistant, and Charlie Oatway, who's first team coach. They were suspended as well, mm. so there must have been stuff that happened behind the scenes. On top of that, yeah, it had to be because he's sacked. He's sacked for gross misconduct, and I think that by itself wouldn't justify. And and strangely, um, it all became a little bit showbiz. The sacking, mm, didn't it? Yeah. In that, obviously, you you know, we've used some of the clips in these two episodes. But he was he was on a Confederations Cup yeah. <laughs> punditry with yeah. Mark Chapman, yeah. and and I remember watching that live. Um, this time, not with a, a boy with additional needs. Yeah, just in bed actually, because mm-hmm. it was that would have been eleven o'clock at night, or I think. Yeah, probably. And uh, so it was really late. And who was the game between? Oh, Spain v Nigeria. Okay, I didn't, didn't know that, but. Um, and uh, yeah, they they just had it at half time, and he kind of gave the spiel about him not being told anything. Yeah, and this is the first thing he'd heard about it. Now you've told me, you told me last week off air that actually he knew everything ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I might be wrong on that. No, not really. Not not during the not during the program. I think that the everybody, the viewers, and everyone can take their own uh, conclusion about the way that I've been uh, informed by by you, really. But I think he knew. But following that, he's pretty much been whitewashed from the history. Yes. Hasn't he? Yeah. So it it does make you think that actually there was way more than we know about. It must have been. I think uh, there... Uh, there, I think there was quite a significant relationship breakdown between him and the board, um, and yeah, there there must have been more to it than what we saw, because um, as you said, he has been almost completely erased from Brian's history, which I find quite bizarre, really, given what he achieved. Mm. Um, well, really, he is the birthplace of mm. of what. Modern of Brighton. What Potter's doing now. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I still kind of, for well, what you would call plastic Brighton fans, mm-hmm. I think people probably remember Gus as much as they would remember Chris Hutton. Yeah. Um, and certainly, the following season, Brighton got to the playoffs again under Oscar Garcia, but I think its team was more fondly remembered mm. um, and I think because he did have a, a level of charisma that was like is very media friendly and all that kind of stuff and um, yeah it, it's, it's bizarre that he's he's been erased um, I wonder how long it will take before that changes I I don't know when they'll start to acknowledge that he exists. Maybe <laughs> after this pod. Yeah. Maybe uh, Paul Barber's listening. Maybe. I think so. Wow. I I hope he's not because I think we. 
I imagine we, if Brighton have been officials are listening to it, we could be in for some defamation suits. <laughs> what about the fact I listen to them in the shower? <laughs> um, in a way, please feel free to, to correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but do you think Gus, his temperament and uh, just the way he is, is almost slightly reminiscent of like Paolo Di Canio? Um, without the fascism. Yes, without the fascism. <laughs> very much without the fascism. That's uh, um, yeah, probably quite similar characters, actually. Very, very explosive temperament. In that, it's kind of like a romantic beginning. Mm, yeah. And everything's amazing. Uh, fans really on side. Yeah. And then they just fall out with the yeah. uh, with the suits, as it yeah. were. It, it was never... Poyet, Gus Poyet was never going to go quietly. No. It was always going to be a dramatic end to the story mm. in some way. I wish that had been in the Premier League. And I think, honestly, if we'd kept Glenn Murray, we would have got promoted under Poyet, un- undoubtedly. Um, it, that set us back several years, basically until we re-signed Glenn Murray. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish that the the story had continued under points. I, I really did like him as a manager. Um, but I think something in his character meant that it was never going to be a a quiet ending. And in fact, he's been sacked in quite spectacular fashion from pretty much every yeah. job he's had since. So Pretty much always falling out with the chairman. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So it was uh, inevitable that he'd end up at Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... As it felt nice to get it out of your system today. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm I'm largely over it. I think the whole the 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 Palace playoff stuff. What I've never really felt that deflated after a game of football as mm. I was then. I just felt like it was such a missed opportunity. Um, I feel that way about most England tournaments. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not as emotionally uh, involved with England as probably you are, but um, yeah, it's probably quite a similar feeling where mm. you're like, oh, if they'd done this, yeah, it could have been so different, that kind of thing. Um, I'd take two days off work, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. <laughs> I mean, I remember the one several years later under Hewton where Brighton had finished third in the league and only. Missed out on automatic promotion by one goal over a 46 game period um, and then lost to Sheffield Wednesday. That was actually less deflating than the Palace one. I actually remember what thing it was. There's nothing better than. Go on. Because that was. There's nothing better than a KFC and watching Brighton v Sheffield United. No, Sheffield Wednesday on the telly. I remember that was at his house. Yeah, um, nothing better. And there definitely is better fixtures. Mm. KFC, that's fine. Put that in there. But there are better fixtures than Brighton v Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I, I am. Um, I can't have KFC anymore. I got food poisoning from it once, and then the smell of it makes me actually quite ill. Well, I've actually only had it like three or four times ever. Have you? Yeah. I'm not great with messy fingers. Yeah, and it's it's quite a messy thing, isn't it? So. And it just doesn't look, you know, I look far too middle class turning up with my cutlery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, what are we going to talk about next week? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like it's creeping far too close to modern times. Yeah, I think we, I, I think we should head back and um, go back to... The last bit of the Goldstone era. Okay. Yeah. Back to Britpop era. Wow. Nineteen ninety-seven. That's a good year. Yeah. Good year. Right. Well, we hope that you join us. Do uh, let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Get in touch with us. Show at albionbeanandgone dot com. We actually only have a few more episodes of this season yeah, yeah. left. Yeah. Um. And we we're going to be in the. Uh, Robert Eaton Memorial Fund quiz, aren't we? On we the, are. On the 20th. So, yeah, if you're taking part in that, come say hi. Yeah. 
I feel like I'm going to be doing quite heavy lifting in that in that quest. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I knew the other game that Brighton wore had to wear a, an extra kit for. Yeah. You didn't know that? That could be in it, actually. So what, 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 I can't remember what it was now. Sheffield, uh, Shrewsbury Town. It was, yeah. 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 Um, it's been great having you. And um, we will hear, hear? We won't hear you. You'll hear us yeah. next week. Yeah. See you later. Bye. So glad.